Welcome to 30 Minute Reviews. I am Adam. I'm sitting here in traffic and I'm thinking to myself, I'm forgetting something. And that's something I'm forgetting is to record an episode of the podcast. Um, I'm sitting here in traffic as a result of a, uh, a train that, you know, you would think by now I would remember that not to come this way when I get out at this time because the train comes through at this time. But here I am making the same mistake again. And now here we are. So let's discuss um, Infinity Train again. Um, the best TV show you aren't watching, which has been renewed for a fourth and final season. I think it is confirmed to be the final season. Um, at the time that I came up with the idea for this editorial, um, that we didn't have um, confirmation yet of a fourth season of uh, Infinity Train. And really, what Infinity Train is, is a shame on all of us that we failed this so miserably. It's such a unique concept and such a, a unique TV show, uh, both visually and in terms of depth of story, that we don't really, we kind of let it fall to the wayside. And the fact that we only got four seasons of it's kind of a, uh, a failure by, by us, the audience. We're not, you know, championing it better. Um, and, and let's start out with what this show is. This show really does build off the success of other shows like it. And... I don't think you give Cartoon Network enough credit for really pioneering this subgenre of animated television uh, between, like, um, Adventure Time, Regular Show, Over the Garden Wall. I mean, even shows like the, the much maligned Problem Solvers and things like that kind of started this new style of, like, uh, not strictly comedic, but, you know children's television shows with a storyline through it that are handling mature themes. And, like, Nickelodeon had their own fair share. You can't talk about, you know, mature children's television without also talking about, um, what's it called? Without talking about, um, Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra, which dealt with people in, in the, the children of war and how, how war impacts everyone. Um, and how no one is, is free. Uh, from uh, in, in, a, in a society that is as war-torn as the world of Avatar The Last Airbender. Um, but, like, um, Adventure Time really kind of was one of my first introductions as as someone in the, the quote-unquote target audience of the of, of the new the new storytelling style. And, and like, uh, Steven Universe, too. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I just couldn't think of the name. But, um, look, when I was in college... Uh, in freshman year of college, um, I was 18, 19 years old, that was when Adventure Time really started to seep itself into the lore of the world. That was freshman year, first semester, was when we got the, um, um, the hero Billy coming and saying to Finn, we gotta, you know, unite all of the princess's crystals into the Enchiridion, and then, uh, it'll tell us about getting to, um, Prismo, or I forgot what the exact storyline was of that, and then they, it turned out that it was the Lich King who had killed Billy, and was impersonating him, and, um, we get to see this alternate universe where, uh, you know, the, the, the war never happened, and the world as we saw it never came to be, and then we got some other episodes, like, uh, I Remember You, which has that heart-wrenching song that, um, Simon, who would become the Ice King, um, 
wrote to uh, to Marceline based on you know what they were going through in the uh, in, in the wreckage. Um, it's actually it, like they they really kind of started building this world and really making sure that the world the world building took a center stage after a certain point. Um, and then I kind of fell off with the show. Uh, regular show did not shy away from the the grotesque and the bizarre and the um, the almost. Um, this is not a second time in two days. I'm blanking. I love Craftian horror aspect of it, and um, mostly the comedic effect. But it was still it, it was still kind of more mature than your standard. You know, it, it was a primetime show, but a primetime on a kids' network. So you know, take that as you will. Um, but it was still vastly more mature than you would typically get from Cartoon Network even to this day. Uh, Steven Universe very much seeped in um, gender identity uh, and coming into your own skin. And then on top of it, also knowing your place in the world. And Over the Garden Walls, just fantastic as a miniseries uh, about family. Um, Infinity Train is... Um, it feels like you're reading a YA book when you're watching it. Where it's like, you can tell it's still targeted toward people of many ages, starting on the younger side, I would say maybe 14, but then going all the way up to mid to late 20s. You can see someone who would be able to be entertained by that. And I think that Cartoon Network really has pioneered this YA genre of television. Um, in a way that really no one else has, where it's like, yeah, there was a co- there's a coverage at 18 to 25, but this is expanding it in the lower end, where from an advertising standpoint, there's no reason to, because it's not like people going down lower than 18 can afford to um, don't have buying power. Where it's like, why are we going to bother advertising to them? But if you want, like, TV advertise there, it's advertising more ask your parent to do this. Because then it's like they need to do... They're not the one who's doing the um, the buying. It's, you know, someone else doing the buying for them. But it, it, the, the storytelling is still taking that approach. Where the storytelling is still... We are, like... You know, these people are still here and they still should be entertained if they're, if they're going to be watching. If they're watching with a little sibling or a kid they're babysitting or, you know, something else. And it, it, it's leading to more mature storytelling. It's, it, it's kind of like people who grew up with more um, juvenile animated shows are now in the position where they're making the show so they're um, they're like well this, I didn't want to this is what I wanted to watch as a kid uh, and this is what I would have watched at this age if I'm being put in that situation this is the story I want to hear told and it's, it's, it's interesting to see that develop now what Infinity Train is the concept is each season is self-contained and each season tells the story of someone on the train who is trying to work through some trauma in their past. Um, so, like, season one starts with Tulip, who wants to go and uh, go to math camp, but her parents are going through a messy divorce, and no one can take her. So she tries to walk on her own, and she ends up getting into onto the train, making friends, and, you know, coming to terms with the divorce and working through it. And that's what the, what's it called is, that's what's going through the train is for each person. It's working through the trauma they're going through and not demeaning him. Because at its core, each of the people who goes through it is like a young teenager. And the show doesn't shy away from saying, this is still like, you know, 
it's still traumatic for you. You still need to work through this the same way anyone going through something else would. Like, uh, the second season, I forgot the kid's name, I watched it so long ago, but the, he, um, uh, he, oh, we were on the court, he goes and he talks, like, his whole thing is, um, he has a, a deep-seated need to be liked, to the point where he pushes it, like, he treats everyone around him like garbage, so that way he can, he can, he, because he desires and, and almost needs the, um, the approval of other people. And it's, it's interesting, like, it, it's such an interesting look, because that's something that people do have to deal with, and it's actually people of that age, and it doesn't shy away from it. Um, and then three was, um, about people who have been on the train for so long, and they thought the train was theirs, and they have to come to terms with, you know, and it really is, like, it's about abandonment, and about, um, the abandonment that a, a child feels when the parent isn't there for them. And if you look at, and, and that's why I forgot her name too. I, I really should have researched this more before I went back into it. Um, when we talk about what what the main character here is, she was largely ignored by her parents, um, and um, and like kind of abandoned. So when she boards the train and she gets on and she starts living her life on the train, she can do whatever she wants. She has no, and, and not only were the parents not present, but they also were strict and not present. And other people were enforcing it. So now she's on the train. She's able to live her life however she wants, do whatever she wants, to whoever she wants, whenever she wants. And she gets to, you know, live this life. And it's about, for her, it's about coming to coming to terms with the fact that she's not, that she doesn't need to have this, you know, this pull of power over people to, to feel like a person. Um, and not only that, not only is the, the story itself good, but... I really love the art style. I think that's one of the things about animation that really isn't quite used enough. Is animation gives you such the gives you the ability to create such unique worlds visually that you don't need to rely on the same tired tropes and you know what things look like. Don't need to you know look photorealistic and it's like we we don't need that. You can do outlandish things. Like one of my favorites is in is in. Um, is in, I think it's, I think they're books, each one, uh, book two, um, which is the one about Mirror Tulip, and, um, when they're going through, I think it's, like, the second or third episode, he's in, a, they go to a map, it's, like, an old-timey map, and Wayne Knight voices a cloud in the sky, who's, like, you know, you, you always see in those in the corner, there's a cloud blowing the wind, and, um, he is, you know, the wind, and it's, as they uncover the map, it looks like an old-timey map, and they go somewhere else, and it's a, um, it's a forest, uh, it's a literal family tree in a, in a autumn forest where people are living in the tree, a Hatfield and McCoy style, and they have to bring, you know, bring, uh, peace to it. Uh, there's a mall car, I'm partial to that, uh, that one got ransacked, though, so it looks kind of like the mall in, um, that movie from Zach Stentz on, oh, uh, Ring of the World, Rim of the World, uh, it looks like that, where it's, like, post-apocalyptic, kind of, um, fairground world, um, there's one where, there's origami, um, things, there's a, uh, what's it called, uh, a ski lodge, um, one that has, uh, like, one that's entirely quirky, is running everything, um, and that's where they pick up Atticus in season one, and it's, it's such a unique, like, 
there's virtually no end to what can be done on the show because of how open ended. Like the titular Infinity Train is not, is is a character in the same way that like you say like Hogwarts is a character of Harry Potter or Hell's Kitchen is a character in Daredevil. It's like the the train itself is kind of a character here. Um, but because the train is also a vehicle, no pun intended, to tell the story and for characters to come on and work out their personal issues, you there's no shortage of things that you can do. There's no shortage of story topics. There's no short of, shortage of train cars to use. Um, it's, it's, it, it's just so... It's such a great concept for a show that the shame it only went on for four seasons. Um, but who knows? Maybe it'll get picked up for another if enough people watch it. I mean, look at the Snyder Cut. I mean, that that happened. People sat through and you know, bitched endlessly for years about the Snyder Cut, and and yet they eventually got it. They got the the, the four hour long version of that movie that came out. I mean. So, you know, maybe if enough people watch it, people will go back and they'll review it and pick it up for more. And it's, it's, it'd be a shame for the show to, to end after only four seasons. And, and the thing is, if you want to go in and watch this show, it's not an intense time scene. It's time sink. Um, it's, each episode of this show is 15 minutes. Um, you can bang out an entire season in two hours. That's not an exaggeration. Each season is like eight or eight, um, between eight and 12 episodes. But within three hours, you have completed um, the entire the entire season um, because of how short it is. Um, I do know that next month is when they will be releasing the entirety of oh gosh, hi, um, the entirety of um, book four or season four or whatever. It will be released on HBO Max, and it will be all at once instead of staggering it out in chunks like they did for uh, Season 3 on HBO Max. Um, but definitely check this show out. Give it a chance. And the thing is, too, it's not like so many other shows where it's like, oh, you have to wait a while for it to get good. Like, if I had a dollar for every person who said, like, oh, you have to sit through this many episodes for it to get good. Uh, Rebels. Once you get past season one of Rebels, it's good. Uh, once you get past the first six episodes, you can get to the one Dalek of uh, the Doctor Who. Um, well, I wouldn't call it a reboot when it got picked up back in 2006. Once you get to the episode Dalek, then it gets pretty good. It's like, or like Agents of Shield. You have to get through most of season one before Agents of Shield gets washable, watchable. Um, and it's it's like there is no. Uh, there is no um, learning curve in that regard. I know that's not the right phrase, but I'm going to use it anyway. I'm sticking to it. Um, there is no waiting for me to be like, okay, this show is now watchable. It is very watchable right out of the gate. And you can, you know, from day one, uh, from episode one, you, are, you will be entertained by this show. Um, so if you have not seen Infinity Train yet, which based on the fact that it got picked up for a fourth season it took them like six months to finally pick it up for a fourth season and then when they finally did they said oh this is also the last season i'm going to assume a great many of you did not watch it yet so uh maybe if you have hbo max before you watch godzilla vs kong this weekend maybe go and take a little excursion over to that and the other thing is let me take a minute to address one other reason why infinity train book three may have not done as well as it it, it, it uh, 
may not have done as well as it should have. And it's the complete lack of marketing. It was completely omitted from uh, lists of um, like what's on HBO Max, um, like in all their ads. It was completely omitted from like what's on HBO Max, our exclusives. It's like they advertised the flight attendant, they advertised uh, that show with Anna Kendrick. Um, they advertised, um, like, everything else, but they did not advertise, um, Infinity Train. And it kind of felt like they were trying to rush it off to an end the same way that, like, Nickelodeon did with, uh, Legend of Korra. I got very big, uh, book four, uh, book three vibes, Legend of Korra, where it's like, okay, we're gonna punt it to, we're gonna put it to Friday night, um, and it's like, we're gonna move it from its Saturday morning slot to its to a Friday night slot, knowing full well that's a substantially worse slot for this show. And then when the ratings dip, we're going to punt it to streaming exclusive, and we're going to just have it be there, and that's where we're going to put it in its entirety forever. Um, oh, and then we're going to leak a few episodes online first to further hurt the ratings. Um, and it just it just felt kind of disingenuous when it inevitably got canceled. It's like, oh well, yeah, you guys did everything in your power to. Uh, hurt the show's ratings, so, you know, it, 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 like, maybe don't make it sound like that. So, we'll wrap up there for today. Uh, if you have not watched Infinity Train, you can watch it on HBO Max. It is considered a Max exclusive, even though episode, uh, seasons one and two were on, uh, Cartoon Network initially. Um, because season three and season four are exclusive to HBO Max, these are the Max original, um, so you can go on and watch it. It is definitely worth your time. If you do not want to get HBO Max, Max but still want to watch the show, um, you can go to wherever you buy movies. I know Walmart and Target for certain sell it. You can pick up book one on DVD for about ten bucks. Um, and that's actually how I got into the show. I didn't get into it through HBO Max. I got into it through um, buying the DVD and watching it that way. Um, and just sitting down and marathoning it straight through. Um, and it's really good. I would definitely recommend you watch it. Um, so we'll wrap up there for today. And we'll have another editorial later this week. Until then, have a great rest of your week.